my child is not doing well, not at all. So it's like uh, I'm living with someone new in my house, of, of which I don't know, uh, because he's no longer doing whatever I used to tell him to do. Like uh, uh, maybe if I speak to him and say, uh, son, you need to do one, two, and three, he will say, okay, yes, daddy, I'll do it. And then after that, he completely forgot what you said to him. So uh, I, he can't even sleep. He, he's even swollen on the neck, at the back of the neck, because of stress, thinking too much, and all of that. So I'm very, very worried about that. And this is so, so unfortunate, but the situation at the school seems to have been building for quite some time. So can you please just explain to us, uh, of the seven um, learners who have dropped out of school, your son is one of them. What is the exact reason as to why he has dropped out? The main reason of dropping out is um, they've been reporting so many incidents on the school's from three years ago. So, because this is not the first child that passes away in that school. I think it's the third one. And and uh, what's funny is uh, the teachers, or if I may say the district uh, district itself, they, they, they're very afraid of the children that are doing all of these things inside the school because they always call out their friends outside who are not even... Uh, going to the school and the same school with them. So now what happens is um, he's been telling me those different stories so for so many years that daily this has been happening. Uh, pilots are bringing uh, pepper sprays in the school, in the class. They're also bringing knives. Uh, they're also bringing uh, guns, like a real gun. They once pointed a gun to a teacher, and he never said anything about it. So we, we're not safe at that school, and uh, I said to him, you know what, it's been two years now and you've been telling me these stories. And he also said that they are not even studying. The teachers are always sitting in the offices because they've been threatened by some of the students of which they can't do nothing about. And even the parents of the students that are going into that school are always fighting for their children, or, uh, threatening the teachers that they will step if they do anything to the children. So now I said to him, you know what, like uh, on December when he came back home, I said to him, you know what, next year you're not going to that school anymore. So because of uh, finance problems, I said to him, you know what, son, please go for now, and then I'll see later what I can do so that I can take you to a college. Then I took him back to the school. Uh, two weeks down the line, this happens. Now Sean has been stabbed and killed. So, yeah. So... There's a definite racial undertone to everything that's going on. Is that correct? That's correct, definitely. And as and, this, and, and the, the thing is, uh, the teachers and the parents, uh, the community around there, they all uh, saying that it's it's not a racial issue. Is not there, and it is there because it's been been said so many times, so many years that our, uh, all the black children must go back to Takani. The schools and everything that's in it's in Kalikdal, it belongs to the Kalat only. It's been said, and everyone knows about it. That's it. So, with regard to the threats that have been received, um, do you know, or is there any sort of suspicion as to who could be issuing these threats? We've got pictures. We've got. Um, 
some of the pages on Facebook of, of the colored guys who are threatening, uh, threatening our children. We've got their pages with their names, with their photos, with everything. So I once, I think in uh, the past three days or four days, I even gave that to the district. I gave it to some of the uh, local police so so that they can know that this is happening. And not threats on the Facebook only, on the social media only. Like, go straight to our children's WhatsApp. One was forwarded to me yesterday, uh, a threat going through to, to one of the children, of the seven uh, children. So I was forwarded to that message. So I, I said, no, this is not... Uh, gonna be carrying on like this because our child, children are, are threatened each and every day. And one of the parents called me yesterday and told me that he, she took uh, his child in, in another province, so he's not coming back because of all of these threats. And 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 that was going to be my next question: whether you, as parents of the seven boys, um, you know, have you managed to speak about what your children are going through collectively and individually, and also um, has have the police responded and the department, and if so, how have they responded to what's been going on? Uh, we did speak together uh, with the parents and our children. We we even have a group, a WhatsApp group now. So and and um, I could say the the office of of the of the NEC did come. Um, I'm not gonna mention any names. So they 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 did come. It was on Thursday. So with um, social media, uh, we named them EMPD. All of these people they did come just to 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 see or to know what exactly can they help with. So we told them exactly our concerns of the safety for our children because the problem is not inside the school only. It's also outside, whereby when they're going home or coming to school. Because now the problem is they're not the person waiting for our children to be killed. It's not the other students. It's someone of the community, an adult. So whoever, the gangsterism and all of these people, because what you've heard is the group from Cape Town, there's another group that came over, they flew over just to help the other colors to kill more of the black children. So now they, our concern as parents was, who's going to be making sure that our children is safe inside the school and outside the school because they're walking about five days to the school. And that going to school and coming back is about 10 days. So now who's making sure that they are safe in between there? And they couldn't give us an answer of saying, okay, this is what is going to happen. And then, like, on the same day, on the scene, on the 2nd of February, what they said to us is they got to make sure that they bring in security. So they did bring the security, uh, the CPF, and then uh, the Friday, and then Monday, they left. Till today, there's no security. So it shows that uh, it's only for time being whatever they're doing, and then after that, they leave you like that. So to us as parents, we just said to them, all we need is for our children to be placed, not even locally, outside, outside, like maybe in only Oxbeck or whatsoever, Jobek or wherever, but not in locally close by where they see that and or where they think they know or, uh, this is the kind of person you're looking for because they also have the, our children's uh, photos uh, just to know them exactly who are we looking for. 
Well, Anonymous, thank you so much uh, for uh, talking to us about what is going on and uh, we wish you strength uh, along with your children. Um, that was one of the parents uh, whose uh, child is in hiding and uh, this after uh, another learner was stabbed to death at uh, Khalakstal Secondary School. So from the part of the, on the, from the side of the Department of Education, we're joined by spokesperson uh, Steve Mabona. Steve, good afternoon. Thanks so much for speaking to us. Good afternoon and to all our listeners. This story is so concerning. It is so loaded. What information has the department received regarding the situation at Khalakstal Secondary? Yes, indeed. This is a, it's a, it's a pure societal issue, which is quite complex sometimes. And it becomes difficult for us as a department to can be um, resolving it on our own. That's why we rely on parents and all other stakeholders in our sister departments uh, so that we then move forward and resolve this. We were, um, you know, partly, you know, handling it well until the court appearance, which occurred on the 15th, which uh, it was a drawback because, uh, you know, there was disruption in the entire area when learners were going to court. And uh, the following, on the same day, because learners were disrupting to the same extent that they were burning tires and doing all those sort of things. Police then intervened and uh, to a certain extent arrested some of the learners that were doing things that are unpalatable. And then um, the following day, we then experienced another disruption, saying uh, police were brutal. Uh, they, uh, they continue with that process. So uh, we disrupted that thing. So we then went back to the community to meet the stakeholders through our officials. Uh, we identified seven with uh, those that are being threatened. We then said we need to relocate them and uh, probably find uh, you know, alternative schools. So we found that three were overaged, and we identified a, a college in the area. And the others, there's a high school that we've identified. But hearing from the parents, he's saying it, he needs um, outside the, the area, not even local. So when our officials interact with them, they will then find out from the remaining four on whether they, uh, all of them, they want their children to be out of that area. And they will then have to assist us on where, in terms of their choice uh, of uh, schools that they think will then assist them, you know, with that process. So we will be working very closely with them. Uh, we, we do have their contacts. We do we know all of them. Those that we need to finalize this process. But yes, indeed, we then had to give up security. Like as you said, that we did give up security. But when the situation gets calm, it's sometimes uh, futile to have, you know, a lot of security in the area. Because remember, schools are supposed to be in the community. They can't be like, you know, correctional services or uh, police stations where we have a lot of security around. I mean, people should be in a position to freely, you know, engage and then make sure that they are safe. So we were destabilized by the court appearance. That's what the product acts. To where we, we are, but we are understand that today we are calm. We'll, we'll continue to make sure that we monitor the situation and the beef up security there and there. And then also, team 
with all the concerns that were raised by parents in the school environment. There are allegations that we are pursuing against educators, not teaching, and all those that they, they put on the table. We have to make sure that the school is back you know, to its functionality. But yeah, without parents and the support of all parents, from those that are in the area in Kalestan and those that are coming from Sakani in those areas. Because we cannot afford a situation where we have parents that are pointing at each other. Those are saying those ones and those ones. We need a united uh, uh, you know, parent body that is going to be assisting us to make sure that situation goes back to normal at that school. That was Gauteng Education Department spokesperson Steve Mabona. With that, let's bring you headline news with Dineo Motau.